Hi everyone, my name is Francisco, I'm the head of content at Doc and I'm joined by Nick Lambert, CEO at Doc. Hi Nick, how are you? I'm good Francisco, how are you doing? I'm very good, thank you. So I wanted to interview you uh, so that you can help me better understand the role and the importance that digital identity will have in the metaverse, how we will be able to prove things about ourselves in the metaverse and who will be in control of all this data and the digital footprint that we create in this ecosystem. So can you give me a primer on what the metaverse is? Yeah, I'll certainly do my best to. I think people have been trying to do primers on what the metaverse is for a couple of years <laughs> now, and I think it's an ongoing uh, question. So it's an ambiguous term. I guess it means kind of different things to different people. Um, and it doesn't really refer to any one specific type of technology. It's probably representing more of a shift in how we uh, interact with technology. So things that make up the metaverse can be technologies like VR, like virtual reality, um, and these are often obviously accessed via VR headsets and are characterized by persistent virtual worlds, uh, meaning that you know a, a player can be online and then go off and, and do something else, go to the shops, go to school, um, but the game continues on. And so when they, they come back on, you know the th things have moved along. Um, also AR is used as well, so augmented reality. Another type of technology um, can be typically used, and that would be things like smart glasses um, are often used, or even things like uh, smartphones. So if you remember the crazy um, kind of phase of Pokemon Go uh, a few years ago, where uh, kind of children and people that probably were old enough that shouldn't have been playing were running about with their smartphones trying to um, you know, capture Pokemon Go. And it was overlaying this virtual world of virtu and virtual characters over the real world. Um, and even down to kind of technologies that maybe we wouldn't necessarily think as obviously the metaverse can be things like a heads up display in a car, again, overlaying virtual information like your speed, uh, your direction you should be going in over, over the road. Um, so all of these things can be considered. Um, even things like things like Fortnite could also be considered, um, you know, uh, uh, metaverse as well. And these are obviously accessed via kind of PCs and game consoles as well. Again, because the spaces and the games that exist there are, are always ongoing. So hopefully that gives you a kind of rough idea as to what it might be. What is the importance of digital identity uh, that can go from our Twitter handle to our passport. So what is the role of, uh, or how can we represent the different attributes that constitute our digital identity in these ever-growing um, virtual uh, ecosystem? Yeah, no, that's a good question. So I think really when you're, you're having an identity or identifier, it's really enabling you to access and authenticate onto the system, the event, the game, the metaverse, whatever it should be. Um, and um, and so that's really what that's buying is, um, is, is access to things. And also it's able to link attributes to that identity as well, potentially. So what is your status in a game? Um, you know, what type of... Uh, assets do you have in a game, what type of armor do you have, and things like that can all be linked to your identity. The, the big thing that we, a big talking point today is 
who controls this identity, which is going to be a real turning point for the metaverse. You know, so do we go round down the road of what we have today, which for the most part, for the most part, large kind of companies um, issue us out identifiers, and they control how we access um, the games and interact with them. And they can obviously remove our access to these things at any time, whether we didn't pay a subscription or um, they get us confused with something else or, um, you know, they fall out with us or something like that. Um, so a big question that we have today is who should control this identity, uh, particularly when we consider things, Francisco, like how much more intrusive like VR and, and AR and, and technologies like that are in like giving insights into our lives. Um, at the moment, if you're gaming on a PC or something like that, you are giving away information, IP addresses, probably a spec of your machine, they'll be able to access your game catalog and stuff like that. But if you then imagine that instead of that data being stored about you, they're actually storing images of you walking around your house. Um, when you put it in that context, it starts to take on a much more serious complexion. Um, and so, controlling access to uh, the digital identity or who's controlling that identity is definitely a big, big ticket item uh, in the metaverse. Yeah, recently I was listening to that great uh, podcast with Punk6529 and one example he gave about this intrusiveness is, for example, having uh, AR glasses while you play with your kids inside your house. Yep. Um Hypothetically, the glasses uh, will be capturing all this information. Where will this info go and who will be using it and controlling it? Perfect. And there's another example a few years ago when Google Glass was a thing and people didn't like the fact that people were walking around the street with Google Glass on literally recording everyone. And that mm -hmm. gave, would give you the ability to actually start using facial recognition to start basically tracking people through others. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, it's, it's super, super intrusive, this technology, if uh, certain kind of controls uh, are, are not put in place. And one of those for us at Doc certainly would be like, you know, you being able to control your own identity. Yeah, and and also another uh, as more and more of our personal data and important data becomes digital and stored in databases, um, there are more attack vectors on this data, right? Uh, here in Portugal, where where I live, in the past few months, there were so many very large companies being hacked. Uh, and it was like people woke up to the idea that hacks can happen. Um, and so all these major corporations are putting all our data and even more of our data in the same silos and the same databases. Exactly, and like I think what we're advocating and what a lot of the Web3 space um, is advocating for is the individual controlling access to all of that information. So instead of that data, um, either your identity, some of your attributes and some of the other information that's typically held by large corporations, instead that is held by you. And so, yes, still a problem if you get hacked, but there's no large kind of honeypot sitting there for, for hackers to target. It's really residing with you. And provided you can take control of your own personal security uh, using all the same, you know, kind of usual uh, good practice, like 
password managers and making sure things are encrypted and um, you know various other things that that you're then controlling that information as well, which would make um, these kind of large hacks um, less and less, uh, you know, occurring less and less and having less of an impact when they do happen. And how is it possible to change the situation where our data is stored in the centralized server from one company or one corporation to what you mentioned, every person being able to own and control and manage their data? Yeah, so an individual could actually create, and there's technologies like Doc, of course, where, where we're working, uh, facilitates this, but there are many others as well, where you can, in effect, create your own identity. Um, and then you can uh, use that identity to attach attributes to it. Um, these attributes can be things called verifiable credentials that basically make claims about you. Um, and then you can use a wallet to store these things and then also use that wallet to basically plug into um, uh, experiences in the metaverse. And so you're kind of logging in, but you're giving that, that, that metaverse space um, access to uh, your identity for the time that you're playing that game. And you can also be specific about what attributes they are um, able to access about you. Um, and so then you're controlling that whole, whole experience. Whereas today, like I said before, you're being um, given these identifiers um, by the platforms themselves who retain control over them. Okay, so a verifiable credential is a, a piece of digital data that uh, that's under my control as the user, and I decide uh, who I share it with and what parts of it I share. Uh, exactly. Is that correct? It is, yeah. So, so you can have... Um, and a bit of terminology here, but you can have something like zero knowledge proofs, um, which enable individuals to only reveal certain things about themselves. So trying to think of an example, you could have maybe a gaming profile um, and it might show your gaming handle. It could show um, maybe your Steam account or something like that. Um, there could be other kind of personally identifiable information within there. It could be the avatars that you possess know what stage you're at with each of these games for example but when you then go to access um a new a new um a new space then you could actually decide what parts of that information am i comfortable sharing what do they need to know is it enough that i just share my gaming handle um and that maybe i have a steam account and if that's sufficient then that would be all you share and you can use um technology like zero knowledge proofs um, to use, uh, you know, within those types of systems, and that's something they've been working on quite a lot of doc as well. So they would definitely give you some options. Okay, and with the NFT boom, um, I've been seeing a lot of people, mainly on Twitter, uh, talking about how NFTs could be used to represent our digital identity. And so, a concrete example would be uh, if I had a, a board ape that board ape represents something about my identity that, for example, I'm part of that community. And because I'm part of that community, I can use that NFT to access a specific uh, Discord server. Do you think that NFTs could be a, a suitable solution for digital identity in this new phase of the internet? I don't think they're a great fit. Like, and I know that the other people are seeing them that way. Um, and. I'll tell you the reason why is I don't think NFTs are a great 
use case for um, identity because um, fundamentally they are always on chain. Um, so, you know, you have uh, the current owner of that identity um, and if there's a previous owner and and that is always on chain. And also the fact of, of NFTs is they are designed to be transferable. And so I think having a transferable attribute with as something like an identity is like, where where was that use case? Like that that's a strange one. When would you ever want to transfer your identity onto someone? Um, there are people that work on things like, and I've heard it um, kind of talked about or written about where you get NFTs that are non-transferable, um, which is interesting, but you still have that problem with the whole thing being on chain all the time. Um, whereas um, things like uh, decentralized identities or, or verifiable credentials is they don't need to be on chain. Um, you can put them on chain if you want. Maybe you want to timestamp something, you can put a hash on chain, but ultimately verifiable credentials are designed to be non-transferable and, and not necessarily leaving an audit trail. Um, so I think they can be uh, potentially a lot more um, kind of powerful. And typically also, Francisco, what you see is NFTs are, are good for um, claiming ownership of a specific asset, but just that one asset. But your identity, you know, you can have multiple identities, but you might want to attach multiple claims or multiple things to that identity. So when you have a decentralized identity with multiple verifiable credentials added to it, that seems to be much more versatile. Um, you can you can do a lot more with that. You can almost build up a kind of decentralized reputation, if you like, with, with all these different attributes linked to that identity. So whilst NFTs are can be used and, and are being used for, for, for identity, I don't think it's necessarily the best technology. I'm glad that you um, touched on the point of reputation because I was reading an article by the New York, New York Times where uh, they, they are talking about what is uh, Web3. And of course, one of the use cases that is brought up is about being able to own your reputation and carry it with you. But that also brings the fear that was mentioned in that article, that if you have all your reputation on chain, so and the blockchain is immutable yep. and a, a public blockchain is public, so all the information is accessible to everyone, uh, that could create uh, some sort of like Black Mirror-esque a society uh, where with a social scoring system. Yeah, yeah, very, very much so. And that's why I think it's important that it doesn't need to be on chain. Like I think, I think blockchains do, you know, are useful in a lot of use cases. But um, just because you can, it doesn't doesn't mean that you should. And so <laughs> we don't need to use blockchain for absolutely everything. And certainly, there are there are many circumstances here where you wouldn't necessarily want to put your identity on chain uh, for it to be visible by everyone and for, for that to be immutable as well. Yeah, one example I see a lot mentioned is about, for example, putting academic diplomas or doing academic diplomas as NFTs. Yeah. But would we really want that information to be publicly available and immutable to everyone? Um, yeah, and do you want that diploma to be transferable? Yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, so that's that's the other thing as well. But yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. So uh, what do you see as uh, the future? What do you think will happen in the future uh, when it comes to identity and the metaverse? Yeah, that's a good question. And 
It'll be interesting to see how things play out. I think one of the big things that we'll see is, is probably what we continue to have today. So like Meta, um, formerly Facebook, they, they just have so much power. So they, they own so many parts of the infrastructure now and they've obviously rebranded their entire you know company around the metaverse as well so you know today they now own the the, the kind of your access into these systems the kind of vr headsets obviously a massive thing for them having bought oculus a few years ago um but they also own um potentially if you if you access that by like facebook oauth um then they can see not only you know, they can see what you're accessing outside of that, which is a kind of word of warning for anyone using OAuth, be aware that those platforms can see what else that you're doing. Um, and also they control the spaces or the kind of where these events and games are, are held. So they have huge server farms that they, they personally own. So they're, they're, they're owning all of that infrastructure. And we shouldn't forget that the Facebook or the, sorry, the meta revenue model is very much still heavily dependent or entirely dependent upon selling access to us to advertisers um and you know they're duty bound legally under us law to drive shareholder value so they have to keep pushing that and then that's going to be a big concern so that type of stuff that we have today will continue but i do think the picture is not all bleak um so with Web3 companies like Doc, and there are, there are many other companies working in this decentralized identity space, there's going to be a lot of choice for users as to how they manage their identity. Um, and the great thing is this is technology that um, we're probably a little bit more familiar with using, uh, certainly within the Web3 space. So we're quite used to you know, buying and managing NFTs, we're kind of having crypto wallets, non-custodial wallets. So we're kind of get, we're you know, we're used to, to you know, owning these things ourselves and backing up private keys and things like that. So, for for a small percentage of us, we're, we're comfortable with these tools, and these tools will exist for for us. But I think the big thing is going to be how how those tools become usable for the masses, because unless the you know, owning your own identity becomes as simple as um, using the one given to you by a large corporation. For the most part, people are not going to use it. If it, you know, even if you imagine Francisco, like if someone asked you to change the type of web browser you're using, you'd probably be quite reluctant, um, you know, as to how you do it because, you know, even if something as simple as that, everything's in different yeah. places and it slows your productivity down and it's just kind of a pain in the ass. But mm -hmm. That that becomes um, magnified if you're then trying to grapple with this new technology, new terminology, and new sets of tools. So how how um, uh, how much this technology gets into the mainstream is going to be very much dependent on how quickly uh, companies in the Web three space can make the user experience as simple as possible and make it match the kind of existing experiences that we're all used to. And also, a lot of organizations are already exploring decentralized identity and verifiable credentials, right? We we know several governments are exploring it. Um, also, higher education institutions. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think like um, there's kind of European stuff going on as well. Um, and IDAS is one where I think not yet, but probably enough a couple of years and I think that the UK are, are, are also looking to do stuff and they're trying to produce a framework around identity where they will probably start to legally mandate that the companies um, accept 
digital identity as much as they are going to accept um, like you know other forms of identity as well. So there's no doubt that this technology is going to start to become more pervasive through all of our online interactions. Um, but like I say, the speed at which that happens is going to be very much dependent upon um, how how quickly we can make that uh, user experience uh, painless and uh, enjoyable for the user. Thank you very much, Nick. Um, I really enjoyed this and now I have a much better understanding about the, the role digital identity will play and what's at stake and the importance of it. Uh, thank you very much. No, my pleasure. Thanks a lot, Francisco. Have a good one.